0: Page to Practice – Applying Educational Reading in the Classroom Join in the conversation using hashtag PagePracticePodcast From Page to Practice is a podcast focusing on the application of educational reading in the classroom. Each episode features one book or article, my reflections and the thoughts of my guests on its use and impact in the classroom. Some episodes may also feature an introduction from the author. Hi, and welcome to Series 2, Episode 15 of From Page to Practice. I'm pleased to be bringing a full episode to you today, which, if I'm honest, I wasn't totally convinced was going to be the case. Today's episode is on Teach Like a Writer, and we start with an introduction from author Jenny Webb.
1: Hello, my name is Jenny Webb and I'm the author of Teach Like a Writer which came out in 2020 I wrote the book um, shortly after my first book which was called How to Teach English Literature Overcoming Cultural Poverty Um, and both of those books are with John Catt Um, I have a new book which is just in the process of coming out now actually officially released this coming Tuesday um, and that's called The Metacognition Handbook, also with John Catt. I was inspired to write Teach Like a Writer because, really, my entire career I've been a very, very strong literature specialist and felt really, really comfortable with literature. Um, That's really where my heart is. And I think that it's fair to say that I was scared of teaching writing. Writing's always been something that's intimidated me, um, partly because I think. My, because of my dyslexia and because I struggle with accuracy sometimes and struggle to proofread um, but also I think because um, as is the case with a lot of English teachers I'm not a writer or I certainly wasn't a writer until quite recently Um it's very, very difficult to teach the art of short story writing or the art of writing poetry or the art of speech writing if that's not something that you do day in, day out. There are some teachers who um, actually write in their spare time or write very, very seriously, and that's a real passion of theirs, but they're few and far between. Those people are often excellent teachers of writing because it's something that they understand from a, sort of at a fundamental level what's difficult about teaching writing if you're not a writer is that what we often do as English teachers is we deal with the finished product so we deal with the text that is final that gets published we look at that from an analytical perspective and we think about what it might mean we think about the impact it has on us as a reader but that's all kind of the after writing process stuff and so we don't really think about how that text was constructed from the very beginning um that process is sort of mysterious to us we don't see that process happening and so it's very 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 difficult to teach how that should happen in a really really meaningful way for students so I was inspired to write this book because over the last kind of five or six years I've made it a mission of mine to get better at teaching writing because I knew that it was a huge gap in my practice um, I'm lucky enough to have been working with a number of um, really incredible professional writers for a long time through the work of an organization called young authors um, they've been running for about 14 years in leeds they're a grassroots organization that have um, kind of historically taken in and nurtured and supported lots and lots of young writers from kind of early teens all the way up um, into their kind of adulthood as young writers and they have lots and lots of success stories of people who have worked with them for years and years um, I have a good friend called Sadhu Iqbal Ahmed, who is a Bangladeshi poet, who um, was essentially saved by Lee Jung authors. His Um, childhood was incredibly challenging we grew up really really close um, to each other kind of a street away in Chapel Town in Leeds and he was being groomed by a gang he was um, in huge amounts of trouble at school he really really struggled with extreme dyslexia and that organisation and finding poetry as an art form literally saved his life I think it's safe to say Um, and he would say that so at the very very start of my book um, you see a really phenomenal poem by Saju and to see him perform that poem is really quite a moving thing I would strongly recommend that you YouTube Saju Iqbal Ahmed poet and see some of his work because it's stunning but that poet talks about how his um, writing has created a platform for him to feel empowered to live his life in the way that he really wanted to but also that it's um, writing is about more than just um, kind of our formal um, kind of stale structures that we think um, writing is. And I think what's really important for me with this book is not only that I give teachers very, very practical strategies for um for teaching writing and a range of different forms, but also that we challenge our understandings of what writing is and who can be a writer. Um, we all know that there are challenges with the curriculum, particularly at Key Stage 4, and therefore when students... I would I would say it's fair to say that when our students think of what a writer is, they're very likely to picture Dickens or they're likely to picture um, a man of a certain age. And while these are phenomenal writers, and they are certainly writers... <laughs> um, Um, That's not the only kind of image of a writer that I want my students to have. I want my students to see that everybody can be a writer. So I set about finding the most kind of... um, set about finding a panel of writers who I thought represented that whole range of what writing can be. Um, Not just in terms of their own backgrounds, which is certainly an important thing, representation matters, but in terms of the styles and their kind of journey into writing. So I have... Um, written a book which essentially is organized into chapters each chapter has a specific written form so there's a chapter on academic essay writing there's a chapter on speech writing there's a chapter on short story writing on poetry writing on um uh writing for the theater or play scripts screenplays um there are uh, and there's a chapter on journalism, and then there's a chapter kind of towards the end on extracurricular writing and the power that can have that kind of communal writing. Um, each chapter begins with an essay written by a professional writer in that specific genre or that specific form. And what they've done for me is they've outlined their process, so they've stripped that mystery bare. So no longer is it an issue for a teacher to sit down and think, I don't really know how to teach journalistic writing. I don't even know how to teach my students how to write a piece of investigative journalism Um, because actually what they can do is they can look at Alex Robertson's um, essay in my book and they can see how that process works from start to finish. It's demystified. It gives you um, a range of approaches to support the teaching of writing. Um, from the planning stages all the way through to kind of initial writing and editing and drafting and crafting which is absolutely critical and um, so that structure um, then moves so we have an essay at the start of each chapter and then the rest of the chapter is moi um, as an English specialist um, writing a range of ideas that I've pulled out from those writers kind of experiences and turned them into really really usable things for the classroom usable ideas and strategies, and um, most importantly, probably lots and lots of resources, which you can then find on my website to download for free. So the book hopefully provides um, a really useful toolkit of of ideas for writing in a range of forms which is appropriate for Key Stage 3 preparation sorry, Key Stage 4 preparation in GCSEs but actually one of my main kind of goals with this book is to show that really excellent writing isn't about preparing students to write a piece of um, a piece of journalistic writing in 45 minutes this is about preparing students to write for a lifetime and we know that if we prepare students in a really robust um, academic challenge way to write really fantastic pieces from year seven onwards then they'll succeed in their GCSEs but we will also do the job of producing kind of students who have the skill and confidence and knowledge that they need to write really fantastic pieces into the future so I don't just want my students to be able to write a great letter in an exam I want them to be able to write a great letter to um, advocate for their own child when they have need in the future to advocate for themselves when their landlord won't fix the damp in the kitchen. I want them to be able to feel empowered to change the world around them and do the things that are going to be required to give them the kind of life that they want to have. People who can write are able to um, create their future and that's so, so important. People who can write can write themselves into society and we have to do this well. We have to do this well. It's not good enough for us to just um, have an have absolutely no clue and fill the void with lots of silly acronyms and deforester and all this nonsense um this is all this book for me really is a call to arms for english teachers i want us to be thinking really really carefully about writing as an absolutely fundamental um, branch of the artistic output of humanity and it is our job to teach young people to embrace this art form and to be able to um, operate within it in a really really um effective way we won't you know we won't get to a point where every single one of our students is writing epic poetry uh, after we've taught them but we will certainly hopefully get to a point where they feel confident enough to do the kind of writing that's going to be appropriate for them and um aside from kind of the academic benefits of writing which are um enormous it's really important that we recognize the mental health benefits of being able to write and the fact that students who can write about their feelings students who can do journaling and there's so much research around the positivity and the positive impact of journaling and students who can think about kind of how they're feeling and express those feelings on paper even if they never share it to anybody else the catharsis and the um the kind of the the emotional benefits that come from that are huge and well documented um so i really really hope that um this podcast uh, gives you a bit more of an insight into how other teachers have used the book um I've had lots of really lovely feedback about people using this in terms of their planning in Key Stage 3 and Key Stage 4 and about the short term and long term benefits that they've seen. Um, but I always, always love to hear people's feedback. Um, so please get in touch on Twitter. I am at Pedagogy um, on Twitter, or you can find more information and all the resources from this book and my other books for free at www.funkypedagogy.com. Um, and I also have lots of CPD um, sessions and recordings of old um, CPD sessions available as well if you look through my website which are specifically targeted towards some of the ideas in this book so there's one on writing short stories there's one on grammar and punctuation there's one on um, teaching vocabulary there are lots and lots of interesting ideas in there thank you so much
0: you're listening to from page to practice join the conversation on twitter using hashtag page practice podcast Thank you, Jenny. As someone from a subject outside of English, I think there'll be lots of interesting things to pick up from this episode. I think it's so important that we hear about what's going on in other subjects and contexts in order to learn about things that we could do differently ourselves. We've seven different readers showing their
2: reflections and practical applications today, so let's hear from them, starting with Amanda. My name's Amanda Kinsley-Smith. I'm an English teacher and I'm the acting head of English language and literature and literacy coordinator at Bloomfield Collegiate School, an all-girls grammar school in Belfast, Northern Ireland. I'm on Twitter at akinsleysmith1 and uh, this is my review of Teach Like a Writer by Jennifer Webb. My first recommendation is that you should follow Jennifer Webb on Twitter, at Funky Pedagogy, and also to check out her website, www.funkypedagogy.com, because she very generously provides a lot of free resources that accompany the book. And she's also just a very interesting uh, figure in education to follow. The book opens with a preface showing the difference that studying poetry had on a student with dyslexia and the significant impact it had on the rest of his life. Then it moves into an introduction where Webb summarises her educational philosophy and stresses why it is essential to teach our students how to write themselves into society. And she considers the relationship between language and power. The main body of the book is structured into three sections. Section A consists of essays by seven expert writers in a range of fields like journalism, storytelling, theatre, and academic writing. At the end of each essay, Webb introduces or includes, sorry, a range of strategies and resources that educators can use to begin implementing some of the ideas raised by that writer. In section B, Webb offers more of those strategies. And then in the final section called Writing Without Shackles, Adam Hens talks in more detail about extracurricular writing programs and shares his firsthand experiences. I find the book really interesting and useful when looking at my own practice. And for me, it was good for looking at the opportunities that were available in my school that we weren't fully making use of. For me, the essay that I found had the most immediate impact was Write Like an Academic by Dr. Patricia Taylor. My sixth form classes have struggled at times to form arguments about themes, characters or representation in whatever text we're studying, play, novel, poem, unless the idea came from the teacher first. They don't always trust their instincts, even when... Those instincts hold up to scrutiny and they have textual evidence and sound reasoning behind them because they're so used to having an authority figure in the room that they only trust ideas that come from their teacher. So for me, framing their writing, as uh, Dr. Taylor suggests, as joining an ongoing discussion that's happening in a room that's going to continue after we've left the room, so to speak, was a new idea for me and one that helped them to see that they weren't expected to say everything about their play or whatever they were studying, because there is no everything to say, just their opinion, as long as they can justify it. The other section that I've been diving into is The Bit at the End by Adam Hens. I had last year an incredible, enthusiastic sixth form English literature class who, we discovered, had a hidden talent that they didn't even know about for writing and performing slam poetry. And as well as developing their self-expression, the difference it made to the confidence of some of the quieter students in the rest of their studies was unbelievable. And then that confidence carried through into class discussions of their text and ultimately their essays, because the more confident they felt speaking, the better they understood what they were talking about. And that came through in their writing. So I'm going to be using some of the ideas from Adam Hens that are explored in the book this year because my school is going to be running a short summer scheme for year 10 students that's year nine equivalent on the mainland and I'm going to be using some of the ideas and particularly from the case study of the book has given me confidence so we're, we're going to be running a poetry program as part of it so we'll see how that goes. All in all, it's I, I just find it to be a really interesting collection of essays with a lot of useful resources and strategies, and I'm very glad that my N I English Teachers Book Club picked it as one of our books to read. You're listening to
0: From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag page Practice Podcast. Thank you for your contribution, Amanda. Next up is Ben.
3: Hello. My name's Ben West and I'm an Achievement Lead, Most Able Lead and Teacher of English at a school in Nottinghamshire. And I'm gonna focus on my short snippet here um, towards the end of Teach Like a Writer, um, primarily around page 173, um, where Jennifer talks us through um, a slow writing process. Um, I first bought Teach Like a Writer after buying Jennifer's first book, Um, how to teach English literature. And I already took away so many invaluable um, snippets of information from that in terms of teaching English literature. And I was after with Teach Like a Writer, something a little bit more practical in terms of creative writing, because I kind of found that I'd back myself into a corner using the same sort of tasks in terms of drilling vocabulary. um, And, you know, what I used to do was sort of set the students off on a task and then just expect them to be fantastic writers through lots of practice of the same. And what Jen's book does um, in section B, where she offers some practical tips from the chalk face, what she does in that section is cover for us a range of practical tips in terms of actually getting the students to stop and think about the crafting of their writing. And if we sort of focus on the AQA spec in the very top band level four for the um, descriptive writing paper one, question five, you know, the, the top band of are a convincing and compelling um, piece of writing. So that's something that I wanted, especially with my top sets, to kind of drill home this idea that every sentence needs to reveal some information. Every sentence needs to show us something rather than just telling us what's happening. Um, so on page 173, Jennifer goes through um, a process of sweating the small stuff. Um, and the emphasis of, of the next sort of four or five pages in the book is is around explaining the detail um, and the focus of each sentence um, that's been chosen. Now, Jennifer talks about this in terms of modelling, which is something that I did. I, I took I took this section of the writing and applied it um, in class to a, a topic at to Year 7 group where we were describing um, Alex Honnold, who is the star of the documentary um, Free Solo. He also wrote a book with a similar name, um, where we were writing from Alex's perspective of him standing in front of El Capitan um, in um, Yosemite National Park and I wanted the students to almost take on his persona but also what I wanted them to do was to avoid clichés. So in terms of using the book to inform my own practice what I did was is I gave the students essentially the idea and I said this is what I wanted to focus on in the first sentence and... I wrote it with them on the visualizer. Um, I produced a worksheet and gave them a worksheet with three boxes in. Um, I started with the first box and modeled for them what it was I wanted them to do. And I, I did so with the thought process out loud. So, you know, I, I sort of taught them through what I was going through in my mind. So the first focus point that I wanted to have in the first sentence was I wanted to reveal that Alex was sweating and he was anxious, but I didn't want to say that. So we spoke a lot about, you know, what your face feels like when you're sweating. We spoke a lot about what the skin feels like. And then we went even one step further and I asked the students to think about, well, okay, you're saying that beads of sweat are forming in the um, crevasses of Alex's face, for example, or it was my face because it was from the first person perspective. But I said, well, actually, what I want to do is think about which part of the face. And, you know, I got them to close their eyes and kind of feel what it would be like to be sweating. And it was helped by the fact that it was a, reasonably hot day, so that worked quite well. Um, What I wanted to get them to do was to think about the gradual building blocks of each sentence on its own on their own as opposed to trying to you know rush through a paragraph of writing so that's the kind of approach that i took and i started modeling for them we had a i've not got the sheet with me but we had a really lovely developed crafted compelling sentence where we was where, where we wrote together Because um, at the same time i was taking feedback from students as well um when we wrote about you know the sweat dripping down the contours of alex's cheeks and further down into the you know the the, the um the, the bump on his chin and in the paws of his black heads. And it was all quite graphic, but that was kind of what I wanted them to do. And um, from that, we then came up with some of the cliches. Um, I got them to have a go at writing the first paragraph using this sort of slow writing sentence process, um, emphasising the show, don't tell, which is kind of what Jennifer explains in her book, the idea that, you know, baby steps at a time, slow considered focused questions on each part of, of the sentence to make sure that the students are aware of what what we want to reveal and then i i kind of i took in their work and then i noticed that a lot of the cliches that i was trying to avoid were still there so in the second lesson we did a bit of feedback and we looked primarily at a lot of the cliches so there were things like you know. Um, I breathe really heavily. And I was kind of getting the students to think about, okay, well, what happens when we breathe really heavily? So we looked into the science of it and I got them to actually bullet point, you know, the process of what happens when we breathe, you know, we take ear in and it fills the lungs and diaphragm expands. And, and I got them to kind of have a go at repeating the action. And then I got them to have a go at writing it down. And, and the end product was, you know, they were aware of what cliche was. They were aware through slow writing process the kind of questions that they need to think about. You know, wh- why have I chosen that particular verb? Why have I chosen that particular noun? Have I chosen um, a particular um, sentence starter that encapsulates a show instead of a tell? So we did a bit of peer assessment. I, I, I took some work in and, and popped into under the visualizer. We went through the kind of things that we wanted to... Um, avoid we gave praise to those students for example where they had described these cliche acts so we had breathing we had sweating um we had no ner- feeling nervous um we had feeling anxious and and we kind of spoke at length about how you would um how you would incorporate and show those feelings without actually telling them because it was a lot of a lot of writing um of this particular year seven group that tended to be you know, before we started this slow writing process, which is now embedded, we've done it quite a lot over the last six weeks. Before then, it was very much almost like a race to finish the paragraph where a lot of the writing tended to be very much um, telling us, you know, it was cold, I was hot, I was sweating, I was anxious. Um, so I really recommend from page 173 onwards in the book, section B. Um, and I think it, it gave me a chance to sort of stop and reflect on the whole writing process. And, and at the end of the lesson, I kind of said to the students, you know, when you're in here, you are writers, you know, you are crafting sentences, you know, it's not just an English lesson, I want you to sort of don your writing hats and, you know, all I have to do now is I have to tell them that that's what they're going to be doing. We look at the examples we've done, we look at the the bank of sentences that they've written using the slow writing process, and they almost sort of orientate themselves in that time um, to being writers of really good, high quality, focused, compelling, convincing sentences.
0: You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag
4: PagePracticePodcast. Thank you, Ben. And next up, we are going to hear from Bianca. My name is Bianca Jenkins, and I'm a teacher of English at a secondary state school in West Yorkshire. I absolutely love teaching this subject and I'm interested in a plethora of things, but particularly in curriculum development, knowledge building, and academic achievement. I am on Twitter, sporadically. You can find me at BiancaJenkins94. On there, I try to discuss resources I've been using, books that I've read, and theories I've been trying to apply in my practice. And one of the books that I've thoroughly enjoyed is... Teach Like a Writer by Jennifer Webb. I did really enjoy how to teach English literature, which I came across near the start of my NQT year, and that had a profound effect on my teaching and continues to do so to this day. And Teach Like a Writer has been exactly the same. What I love about Jennifer Webb is her attitude to high academic standards, and I try and push this so much in my practice, and I'm it feels so wonderful to have somebody who is talking about this and who's writing about this and how we can apply this to our practice day to day. So with Teach Like a Writer, what I particularly enjoyed about this book is the fact that Jennifer is pushing this rigorous practice and lots of it. There were many chapters that I enjoyed and I particularly found the use of professional statements and advice brilliant because it shows us that what we can do in the classroom can have an effect on what the pupils go on to do in their adult lives. But for me, it was towards the back of the book that had or currently has the most effect on my teaching. And one resource in particular that Jennifer Webb discusses is the use of the diagnostic cycle. And this is in the book's final chapter, So the diagnostic cycle is a method of collating feedback for the whole class. And Jennifer has previously talked and written about whole class feedback, which I have used extensively. But the diagnostic cycle is mainly for the teacher to refer to. So you would read all of the books, say the class have written a speech, you would read all of the speeches, and then you'd fill out the diagnostic cycle with feedback for them. So... Areas in which they've done well, any misconceptions that they'd have, common literacy weaknesses, any pupils who need specific focus or personalised support, your star performers and any missing or incomplete work that you may need to catch up pupils on. So you fill out these areas on the sheet. And then what you can do is you can design the feedback based on your class. So often I will translate this into a whole class feedback sheet for my class to stick into their books. We would spend a whole lesson going through that feedback and then doing improvements on their work. Or if the task is a bit smaller, I would deliver the feedback verbally. We would discuss it. I would offer some questions and then we would do the improvements from there. What's brilliant about the diagnostic cycle is it enables me to understand the class's areas for development and then design tasks based on combating those misconceptions. It's super quick to complete. All I do is read the books, then fill it out. I can do a whole class in one free period, which for me is exactly what feedback should be. I don't want to be taking books home and I don't want it to be going into my personal life. And I feel that the diagnostic cycle allows me to separate school from home life. But one of the major positive things about it is the impact that it does have on the pupils, because it allows pupils to consider what parts of the feedback are relevant to their development. They are thinking about the next steps in their own learning. They are becoming more independent and realizing what they need to do now to improve. And that is vital for them becoming these independent learners and becoming more confident in our subject. So, overall, it's an absolutely fantastic book and brilliant for pedagogical improvement and for really considering practical ways of getting pupils to become more academic and become more independent you're listening to from page
0: to practice join the conversation on twitter using hashtag page practice podcast thank you bianca that's three reader contributions down and four more to go so let's hear from freya next
5: hi my name is freya Odell, and i'm an international teacher currently working in rome um I was so excited by Jennifer Webb's Teach Like a Writer book um, for lots of different reasons. I think, um, first of all, I think that when it comes to CPD and training and books uh, to support our teaching, there's a a massive focus on literature. Um, And I feel like there's, there's a limited focus, actually, on the teaching of writing. And the teaching of writing is really super complex. And I spoke about this at the Teach Me Icons in that, Cognitively, there's so much that we need to to work through with our writers in terms of um, the ideas, the content, the purpose, the audience, the form, the sentence structures, punctuation, paragraphing. There's so much that we need to do. Um, and actually, the for me, the exam writing tasks are actually quite fallible in their nature, aren't they? Because we're we're asking pupils in 45 minutes to craft this exceptionally original. Um, piece uh under under quite a stressful situation that isn't really replicated in the real world um and so when I became an examiner a few years ago when exams still took place um I was really struck by actually how difficult the transactional writing task was and how many people's really struggled with it in the sense that uh the bulk of responses in the exam were very safe and very rudimentary um And so I became really, really interested, actually, in in the crafting of these pieces of writing within those short time frames, but probably actually more so became very interested in how we support students in the teaching of writing at Key Stage 3, Um, alongside, I think, uh, reflecting upon the fact that at the end of Key Stage 2, the Key Stage 2 teachers do such an incredible, phenomenal job with regard to writing, um, and I'm not sure it's given the same weight of focus at Key Stage 3, and really looking at how we teach writing at Key Stage 3, in order to ensure that our pupils are confident and capable writers. And so, I guess, reading Jenny's book, originally, was this, was this you know, personal motivation for me to really interrogate and begin to investigate you know, how we successfully teach writing within the classroom at Key Stage 3, not necessarily in the exam format that we would at Key Stage 4, but, you know, to ensure that we're really instilling some really core foundational um, skill work. Um, So the book itself has six chapters dedicated to different forms of writing, um, short story, uh, speeches, journalistic writing, academic writing, poetry, um, and I'm just opening my copy of the book, which I have here, sorry, and, um, playwrights, so, you know, looking at the dramatic form, um, and I really enjoyed so many of the chapters in the book, you know, I, I particularly enjoyed the the chapter on the short story, um, and academic writing as I continually question how well I teach academic writing, um, but I was most interested, I think, in the journalism uh, chapter and the approach to teaching journalistic writing. And I was fortunate enough to see Jenny speak also at a Teach Me Icons event uh, a few years back, where she spoke about transactional writing and writing articles. And it really just made me really reflect on the process at Key Stage 3, as I said before, you know, and how important it is for kids to actually see the entirety of the writing process through, you know, not just, you know, teach a, you know, I don't know, Romeo and Juliet and go, right now you're going to write a newspaper article about uh, arranged marriage or whatever. But actually, looking at the craft of writing articles for articles themselves and, and, and going through the process of that in a much more Detailed way, rather than you know maybe superficially or tokenistically kind of dropping article writing you know here there and everywhere. Um, and and so after reading Jenny's book, I I, I really reflected upon that. And so uh, with my year nines, we do opinion columns, which I really really enjoy. Um, but it made me really sort of interrogate the process of teaching opinion columns to my pupils. Um, what it What it impacted upon for me was that, first of all, I made sure that I exposed my pupils to a wider range of opinion columns. Um, I think I've been guilty, perhaps, of using like one mentor text. But actually, um, in in this instance, I wanted to expose them to a range of opinion columns uh, to act as a mentor text. You know, this was especially true when one of my pupils turned around to me and said, are all opinion columns like this particular one that we were reading at the time? And that really reinforced that actually it is completely necessary to show a, a range of mentor texts. Um, I really built in a, a quite a significant period of time for research, you know, and trying to get across to the pupils that actually, if we want to write intelligently, then that has to come from a place of knowledge. Um, and so that, that was a really, really important process, teaching pupils how to research research. Um, Became a significant part of that, you know, looking at the planning process in much more detail and organize and organizing ideas, you know, and making sure that the arguments we put forward are really, really solid, um, uh, and in depth and using a lot of the single paragraph outline from the writing revolution for that, which I found. Uh, has been remarkable and then looking at the editing process you know and and realizing that you know people journalists don't just write an article and send it off to an editor there, there's a, a lengthy process again in the editing process and the drafting process and the rewriting of sentences and the crafting of those sentences um, for maximum impact um, and that that whole process lengthening actually the research process the planning process the editing process really 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 created much stronger opinion columns as a result and actually you know what was really um positive for me was was putting together an anthology of of their opinion columns and sending that to parents and sending that to the head of english and the head of year and going look at this just superb stunning work that has come as a result of um lengthening the planning and the the research process Um, and so it's really shifted how I teach um, transactional writing within Key Stage 3. Still got a lot of work to do I think with with Key Stage 4 and you know responding to exam tasks and making the most of those exam tasks in a in a creative um, and engaging way but definitely really improved my teaching of writing at Key Stage 3. So highly recommend this book. It's a really fantastic read. Like I say, the chapters and the short stories and the academic writing I also really particularly enjoyed and um, would recommend it to everybody. You're
0: listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using
6: hashtag page practice Podcast.
0: Thank you, Freya. And next we're going to hear from Katie.
6: Hi, my name is Katie Ridgway. I'm a teacher of 10 years and I'm currently an SLT lead practitioner in English in the northeast of England. And you can find me on Twitter at MissMeeks14. I was a big fan of Jennifer Webb's work before Teach Like a Writer. Um, I'd read her blog and devoured her book on teaching English literature But as soon as I read Teach Like a Writer, it made me want to teach writing better. And it really gave me a vision for how I wanted to teach writing myself. My favourite chapter of Teach Like a Writer was the journalism section. And I actually attended an online CPD session that Jennifer conducted during lockdown on this chapter specifically, in which she talked about her approach to journalistic writing as she laid out in the chapter. I was furiously agreeing and nodding and taking loads of notes and I started to transform these ideas into a scheme of work which is now taught to our Year 10 GCSE English Language cohort as part of a rhetoric and journalism module. I really wanted to lead students and teachers away from the notion of a forest and making up statistics on the spot and pay journalism the respect it deserves, which would also help, of course, with building in some work on careers from studying English too. I began by giving students a big question about the purpose and the intention of journalism. We watched clips of interviews. We discussed the difference between paparazzi and tabloid work and that of broadsheet or political journalism. We talked about how journalism is different in America and people's perceptions of journalists around the world too. I followed Jennifer's advice and made it as realistic as I could. I laid out a brief. Students had to create and give a pitch. And we're currently in the editing process of the first draft after having looked at some models from a range of publications. So far, students are seeming to really enjoy the process. A lot of them had several ideas while we were working on crafting it. And we talked about making it um, engaging by considering different angles and slants that could be taken on a particular topic. I'm really looking forward to reading their final drafts. Overall, Teach Like a Writer has given me much greater confidence in teaching journalistic writing, which I certainly didn't have before. And it's also brilliant because Jennifer has really kindly made the resources that she mentions in the book freely available on her blog, which has saved me loads of time in my planning and preparation too you're listening to from page to practice join the conversation on twitter
0: using hashtag page practice podcast thank you katie we're down to our final two contributions now and the next is from marcus
7: my name is marcus stanforth i'm an english teacher at tendering technology college i'm on twitter at marcus stanforth marcus with a C. stanforth is s-t-a-n-f-o-r-t-h if you want to find me on there Teach Like a Writer by Jennifer Webb is simply an outstanding book. She acknowledges in the introduction that a lot of English teachers aren't writers and a lot of us aren't even reading these different forms and genres. So even though we're incredibly familiar with fiction and particularly prose, we don't read plays and poetry. And when it comes to uh, non-fiction writing, we definitely don't read essays, articles, speeches and the like. And that means that we're not experts. We don't have the knowledge, the skills to then teach those styles of writing effectively. Uh, And Jennifer is the same (laughs) as all of us and struggles with this. And so she's got these amazing contributing authors to write an essay, which tells us all about their philosophy of writing Uh, the pedagogy behind it and how they do it well so that we can then teach our students how to write like a short story writer, a journalist, politician, poet, academic and playwright. And following that uh, pedagogy and philosophy of writing, there are also lots of practical strategies to apply in the classroom to take it from page to practice. And at the end of each chapter, Jenny looks at all of that and gives us the bottom line, the thing that we have to take away and the point that must impact our teaching and learning. So right at the start, Jenny tells us about the problem that we have with teaching writing and that problem is exams. So we take this mercurial art form that is writing and we have to fit this brief and make it really functional Because we have these exam-style tasks that we have to prepare our students for. So maybe they have to write a newspaper article to persuade uh, people to recycle more. And they have to do that in 30 minutes, timed conditions. And there's lots of things they need to include to meet the success criteria and do well. Uh, Which is all well and good. Maybe it's not the best way of examining whether our students can write well or not uh, but that's what we have to do and so lots of great things about the teaching of writing um, are stripped out because uh, we feel the pressure to get the grades, get the results and the outcomes that we need um, and that these accountability systems desire of us. but in the real world, if we had a brief like that newspaper article persuading people to uh, recycle more, we'd go away, we'd do research, we'd go to our best friend Google, get some facts, we'd conduct some interviews, we'd fact check, we'd draft, we'd redraft, we'd draft again, um, Spell check until it was good enough to be published, and that's more time consuming. Um, but and it's definitely more challenging if we want to do it in the classroom. But ultimately, it's worth it because often we get trapped in this cycle of reading something, looking at an example, and the features and devices that it uses, and then trying to get our students to do the same in tight conditions, and ultimately. They're not going to learn how to write effectively that way. So one of the traps that we fall into is seeing techniques as a target um, and not a toolkit. And Jenny says that this should be the other way around. So often we find acronyms like DeForest. But the problem with that is that students see them as a checklist and they go through and they think that they need to include every single one of these techniques in every single piece of writing and really that is not the case. Um, Some of it is good but we want a flair for writing um, and wedging them into everything that we do is not the way to be a masterful writer. Um, And so one of the things we can do is um, to consider how we can Consider writing without any techniques, consider writing with lots of techniques and then look somewhere in the middle um, and think about, you know, which different forms and genres need what kind of level of technique. But something else that we can do is think about using rhetoric. And this is included in the chapter on speeches, but the English teaching community on Twitter has used rhetoric in all kinds of ways. Rhetoric, if you're not familiar with it, is the Aristotelian triad of pathos, ethos and logos uh, and thinking about how we can use those to build our argument with logical reasoning, draw on the emotions of our audience and build credibility. And we can use that in our writing and think about how different um, writers have use that so see that in articles and texts and extracts that we read but also trying to apply it as writers Um, and that's something that I did with a newspaper article so not a speech um, and that worked really well in terms of getting them to see how these different techniques had been used rather than uh, something like deforest they saw how the writer had structured it to hit these different points. Something else that I've done which I've taken from the chapter on short story writing is to think about how I can improve my teaching of creative writing Uh, and I've done that by using the initial character biography and mapping out different locations. So with the initial character biography um, often that's A real strain, a real extraneous thing on the cognitive load of our students when they're in an exam hall because as well as thinking about linguistic devices, vocabulary, structure uh, and different techniques that they're going to use, they've also got to think of plot characters and setting and so if they can prepare one, two, maybe three characters in advance and they can use them in lots of different scenarios and situations, Um, then when they get that brief in the exam hall, they will be one less thing to think about. And likewise, with mapping out the locations, there's an example in the book where Jenny uh, has used her mum's house as one of the locations because, again, it's easier for our students to write about a place that they're familiar with than to sit there and try and build a whole entire world in their brains. It's not doable and... um, ultimately, their quality of writing suffers. And so we want to take away those things so that when they're in the exam hall, they can just focus on the real craft of writing and make it as beautiful as possible so that they get full marks Um, or do particularly well. Um, So those are a couple of things that I've tried. I'd like to, moving forward, have a think about how I teach academic writing. Um, obviously, we do a lot of that in English, thinking about um, our analysis. But I'd like to include um, the peer review and the literature review uh, that's there in, in the, that chapter um, to really improve the rigor in my teaching of um, of that. So we'll see how that goes. There's loads of practical ideas lots of light bulb moments um i mean that's how they're marked throughout the book when there's something that you can do in your classroom the next day um, so there's lots i want to do and that will improve my teaching of writing um, and hopefully i'll read more definitely practice a little bit as well um, so that i've i've you know got a lot more to give my students because they deserve us to be uh, the best we can be and ultimately we we want them to have success in their exams but we also want to give them a language for life and jenny and her contributing authors in this book try and show us demonstrate how we can do that
0: you're listening to from page to practice Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag pagepracticepodcast. Thank you, Marcus. And finally now, we are hearing from Yamima.
8: Hi, I'm Yamima Beebe, and I'm a former assistant head teacher leading the English department and an English teacher for over 11 years. Um, and I currently teach in a school in East London. I absolutely love Jenny Webb's Teach Like a Writer. I wish that in the many roles I've had within the English departments. Uh, Across inner London, I'd had this book, particularly when writing schemes of work on teaching writing and how we teach writing to our students. The book is just fantastic because it, you know, Jenny Webb's collaborated with writers of those specific forms, so like short story writers, poets, academic writers, to try and understand the nuances of the language and how we can teach those to our students so that they're not formulaic and they're not the same things that everybody else is doing with acronyms to use. And what I love about the book is that it's so practical and it's so applicable in the classroom straight away. And that's exactly what we did. So one of our colleagues at, at my school um, read the book. It was something that I gifted to her because I knew she'd love it. We are Jenny Webb fans, Taylor Humphreys and I. And she Taylor is currently a PGC student in our school and head of media as well. And she took the book away and created a scheme of learning on based on the strategies from the book, particularly for short story writing. And it's exactly kind of the strategies that were really useful um, for me as a teacher to be able to understand what effective short story writing looks like. Um, rather than just teaching students the same acronyms like A Forest and A Promise. We wanted something that was creative. Um, and so those strategies about you know, for example, in that chapter around short story writing, it gives a strategy of having a character for our students. And instead of them, you know, having to come up with different ideas all the time, they create and flesh out this character of theirs, very much like what writers actually do, right? Um, And they come up with this character, and they figure out what the character will do in different situations. So they know that character inside out, and they think about what that character would do in different situations. And that's the scheme of work that Taylor created alongside other colleagues was just fantastic. Because what it then did is help students create this character of theirs. And so when they saw, say, an image of a beach or that it was an image of a park, all they had to do is take this character and plan a short story that helped a narrative piece that helped place that character in that particular setting or that particular situation. Um, And it was really fantastic to see our students using the characters outside of that scheme of work as well so you know we do uh, when we do practice questions for example particularly GCSE we practice questions on creative writing descriptive writing and narrative writing they've got this character now that they can use again and again and again and it's not overwhelming for them and that's exactly what the students say it's not overwhelming because they know their character inside out now and that's a strategy from the book as well Another chapter I really enjoyed was, you know, the idea of academic writing. And it's something that as a as an English literature student, I, I think particularly I we can do as teachers, English teachers particularly, we can use academic language. But I wasn't necessarily confident in how to teach that to help my students get the uh, you know, to get my students to be fluent writers, and actually, what Jenny Webb's book does is it provides really easy strategies to be able to apply um, and use with the students. So things like you know academic and analytical verbs, I use that all the time now. I just I just printed it out. I've just I put it on slides for students, and they try and see what it looks like in in context, and then they use it themselves as well and it's really clear about how we can get our students to be you know fluent academic writers really kind of um sophisticated writers using the strategies in the book as well i would definitely recommend jenny webb's teach like a writer to anybody not just english teachers anybody because you know what is it that they say we're not we are all teachers of literacy and it's just a fantastic book full of strategies and full of ideas so thank you jenny
0: Listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. Once again, a big thank you to all of today's contributors. The end of the academic year is drawing closer, and that means there are just three episodes, but actually four books remaining. For anyone able to contribute, the dates are as follows The deadline for Fear is the Mind Killer is the 27th of June. The Women Ed book being 10% Braver on the 10th of July and the joint episode on the Charter College of Teaching Early Career Handbook and Holly Hughes Mentoring in Schools by the 24th of July, please. I really welcome your contributions on any of these books at any time and there is some guidance on my website www.learninglinguist.co.uk forward slash page practice podcast. There are some guidelines there and you can DM me either at bexn91 or at page. Practice pod uh, for my email address for those submissions. As per usual, I really appreciate you sharing the podcast with colleagues, posting reviews on iTunes, and contributing to my coffee fund. Uh, the link for which can be found in my profile. Until next time, bye. You've been listening to From Page to Practice. Don't forget to join in the conversation using hashtag Page Practice Podcast. Alternatively, to suggest a book or article or volunteer to contribute to an episode, visit learninglinguist.co.uk forward slash page practice podcast. Thanks go to Kevin MacLeod of incomptech.com for use of the tracks Cheery Monday and Fuzzball Parade, which are licensed under Creative Commons.